0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We uh, talk about comics, movies, TV, pop culture, and the like. Having some technical difficulties today because why not? That's, that's the beauty of, of life, right? We have some technical difficulties. So uh, we have our Facebook stream going. We do this every week live on Facebook. We do this on uh, Periscope, which will be joining us in a second as soon as we can uh, muster a Periscope feed. And uh, we're also going to be doing this uh, live here on Talkingalternative.com because that's, that's what we do. Uh, we do it every week here, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. And we have a tref- like a tremendous guest um, f- on today, Warren Simons from Valiant Comics. Uh, he's the EIC that's the editor in chief of Valiant Comics and we have some great guests I and mean, we I, and actually joined by uh, Rob K who's filling in for the not well Sam Leibowitz so i was i was sick last week and and this week uh sam is sick now the, the funny thing is i did not actually do the show um you know from the studio but i managed to get sam sick anyway so you know i i don't know how it happened um <laughs> But it, but it just it happens that way, and that's and that's all you can do. I don't know. There's nothing else you can really do about it. So, but uh, we got Warren Simon's coming on. We're actually going to do a little something different with the Facebook stream today. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna cut the Facebook stream after the commercial and bring it back on so we can get uh, Warren on in all of his glory, and uh, and it's beautiful. And and we actually have a beautiful now. We have a live. Um, I got a new phone. Apple for some reason decided that they want no headphone jacks. So that's just it. Adds to our technical difficulties. It's just one of those. One of those nights, one of those nights, but uh, we are happy to have you. Uh, We have a great sponsor as well, too, having that holiday get-together and looking for a way to entertain the kids. Fun Food Flip is the game for you. Each player gets dealt a hand of food cards and must come up with the most gross, most interesting, and most delicious combinations for each of the four courses. Just wait to see what your kids come up with. Uh, If you like apples to apples, you'll love Fun Food Flip. Go to funfoodflip.com. And watch their video. They have an awesome video. It's like a Lego video. It's very cool stuff, and you'll get a taste of the good times to come. Uh, Secrets of the Sire is also brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. Um, Seriously, if you love what we do uh, and you love our show, we talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture every week. Um, Support us on Patreon. Uh, You can actually go to it very easy. It's michaeldolce.com or it's patreon.com slash secrets of the sire. But michaeldolce.com. I'm your host, Michael Dolce. It's very easy to get to it. Um, Don't forget, it's a live call-in show, 877-480-4120. I want to thank our dedicated fans, Einar Peterson and Ashley Haikai. Our program director Stephanie Dolce, our executive producers Steve Hovecki and Brian Phillips, and as always, our uber fan Christina Dolce, and like I said, uh, Fun Food Flip is our sponsors as well too. So it's really great to have them as well too. Got the iPhone seven now, and I, I feel like I'm just like woo, like right up into this camera here, which is uh, pretty exciting stuff. So, all right, so I, I think um, you know we were doing our our usual perusing and our usual browsing and our usual uh, taking a look at what's out there uh, in the in the Pop culture world, like I said, we got a great guest coming up later today, and I was really excited about that but i I flipped to see the Golden Globe nominees, and I do a little bit of a double take because I see Deadpool Deadpool nominated for best best picture comedy, and Ryan Reynolds Golden Globe nomination so for anybody who follows the show and we have you know we have we have our people you know, which is good um, it, it really was amazing because I actually had predicted that it wasn't going to live up to the expectations way, way back in February. And then I was predicting that the reason being is that it's going to be so hardcore that only the hardcore fans are going to get it. Like, people aren't actually going to get it, and they're not going to understand exactly, you know, the deal with that. And um, I was wrong. (laughs) I was just blatantly, blatantly wrong. So to see this now as a... um, as a. as a, what do you call, as a as a Golden Globe-nominated film, I think the comic-verse just has me to thank. I mean, I think the comic-verse should just really be saying, you know what, Mike, you made this happen. You, you made this happen. Um, you know, that's, that's the way I look at it, because quite frankly, there is no way, shape, or form, there's no way, shape, or form you could have ever imagined that Deadpool, of all things, was going to... Uh, not only break like records, break R-rated records, advance the superhero movie into into realms unseen, uh, but it's also now you know awards worthy. Like that's insane. It's insane that it's awards worthy. It's insane. Now the Golden Globes are always typically a little looser, a little more laid back. Um, you know, it's definitely um, it, it's definitely a little bit different than. Um, than what what is typical for, um, you know, for for award ceremonies, right? The, the Oscars are a little more like prestigious. They're a little more like tight knit. They're a little, you know, uh, in general, you know, they're they're just they're they're tighter. Like there's no there's no doubt about that. But that being said, I, I, it it just brought me back to like the scene in Entourage, like the Entourage movie where Johnny Drama ends up winning a Golden Globe. And you're like, you know, victory, and it's like that's that's what Deadpool is right now. Like th- this is, I mean, they're just doing victory laps. Um, you know, I can't I can't imagine Deadpool Golden Globe nominee. Say that with me, Deadpool <laughs> Golden Globe nominee. Like that's just that's insane. That's absolutely insane. So we welcome the folks on Periscope. We got the Periscope up and running. We'll have, uh, we'll have sound pumped in at some point as well, too. Um, maybe not in the Periscope feed, but we'll do it on there. But uh, other, you know, notable Stranger Things, uh, big time, um, you know, especially a first-time nominee, you know, really, really doing some great stuff. Um, and that was our, if you go into our archives, I think it was like episode like 34, 35, we had, that was the winner of the show I Need to Watch. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out when I have the time to do that. It'll be, it'll be at some point in my life that I'll have the time to actually watch this show. Um, I still have to get through Luke Cage. I mean, I'm like halfway through Luke Cage. Uh, I, I definitely immerse myself in Westworld. Um, another really, um, welcome at the big dog Inc. Um, on Periscope. One of the big shows that I, I, I immersed myself in was Westworld. That was a big winner at the Golden Globes. Uh, sorry, nominee okay these golden globes didn't happen i don't want to confuse anybody i don't want to uh i don't want to mislead anybody but yeah um best tv series game of thrones is up there it's funny game of thrones (sighs) game of thrones should win welcome at saints girl 878 uh and welcome sam Leibowitz just joined our facebook feed so that's really good and he's giving us some thumbs up sam the the stupid uh, adapter we got no live feed going into this right now I, i will figure it out in a second though. Um, very excited for the Periscope feed, too, actually. The Periscope feed, I was using an older phone for that. I mean, not that our listeners really care, but it's these little behind-the-scenes things. Now, if you are into the behind-the-scenes, you should become an executive producer of the show, like Brian Phillips... He, he, um, he's one of our EPs, Steve Ovecki's one of our EPs, they get an exclusive live feed, which I did not broadcast tonight, because, uh, just trouble, you know, just terribly late today, everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and it's on a night where we have just a tremendous guest, like, I'm just so excited, um, big Valiant Comics fan, uh, big Exo Manowar fan, so I'm really interested to know what they're doing with the relaunch of that book, they're coming out with a new Harbinger, so we got all those questions, and that's coming up in a, in a few, uh, short segments, but, um. You know it's good to have everybody on here we we'll, like i said we'll we'll figure it out we might we're gonna work a little engineering magic and we're gonna hopefully get uh get the Warren Simons interview in full um so all of our streamers can get that um you know other notable golden Globe nominees uh atlanta <clears throat> was was you know nominated for best musical comedy if you're not watching Atlanta that's another great show. Donald Glover is awesome like he's definitely um the funny thing about Donald Glover, he also got nominated for Best Actor uh, in, a, in a TV series. The, best, the funny thing about him, though, I actually like him the least. I love him as an actor, so I that's why I watch the show. But I like Paperboy, and I like his little sidekick. Those guys are the guys I actually watch that show for. So it's really kind of funny. Like He created the show, and he's like my least favorite character on that entire show. Um, but that's another big one. Transparent got nominated again. I don't know why they, they keep... Okay, I know why they keep listing it as a comedy. That's they guarantee themselves some wins by doing that. But it's not a comedy. Like it's just it's not. It's not a comedy. Um, but it's somehow nominated for a comedy. And then there's Veep, which will probably win it because you know it just is. I mean, it just is. Blackish making uh, some noise this year too. Uh, Anthony Anderson getting nominated. The uh, the show getting nominated. I think I mean really 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 big stuff. But again, the big news for me was. Deadpool I mean it's just like you you got to be out of see and I pose this question to the audience and I really want to know call us in 877 uh 4804120 please call in and 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 ask is Deadpool like that good? No, it's not that good. Like I like it. I thought it was like entertaining, but Golden Globe nominated film like I I I can't get I can't even like I can't swallow that pill. Like it just—it's like that's insane. That's absolutely insane. Um, but it did get me thinking too. And we're gonna—we're gonna do a little—a fun little game here. Um, best superhero performances, right? I mean, look, Ryan Reynolds is up there, no question about it. In the superhero genre, Ryan Reynolds is now up there as one of the best, and he's—and he's nominated as one. And Brian Phillips chimes in: It was fun, but I don't think it is award worthy. Sean Batewell: It was good, but a mess. Saints Girl 878, he's good. Yes, Ryan Reynolds is good in the movie. Award worthy, though. Like, seriously. A, like, really? Like, I, I think we can all agree Heath Ledger's Joker is the number one performance, right? I mean, I would say that's the number one superhero movie related performance anyone's ever given. Why? It won an Oscar. Now, would it have won an Oscar if he didn't die? I don't know. I don't know. I think it would have. I think it was still that good. His Joker was amazing. Um, I think Jack Nicholson's Joker, I would deem that one of the best superhero performances of all time, right? Superhero movie. We're, we're doing superhero movie performances, right? Um, at Dan T. Lawson just joined as well, too. So chime in. Best superhero movie performances. Award-worthy performances. Was Christopher Reeve was Christopher Reeve's Superman award-worthy? I thought I think so, actually. I actually think you could you could put, um, you know, Sean Batewell, very good but sick. That's the Joker. I, I'm assuming that's for the Joker response.
1: General Zod. Best supporting
0: actor. General Zod. I, and, you know, he was, um, the actor was also in a Star Wars movie too, right? We got Espada Primera Stark that just joined as well too.
1: He was also in Wall Street. He played the villain to Gordon Gekko.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. General Zod actor. I got to really, actually, I got to look this up because I can't remember his name. Um, what's his name, Christopher, uh, come on, oh, wait, was, oh, Terrence Stamp, okay, it was Terrence Stamp, oh, see, Dante Lawson, he's got me, he's got me, like, you know, definitely beat there, but, yeah, we, I mean, we definitely, we, Heath Ledger's Joker has to be number one, there's no, there's no if, ends, or buts about that, Heath Ledger's Joker, number one, best all time, um, ter, Terrence Stamp's General Zod is pretty good, Tom Hiddleston's Loki, Another performance. Now, again, we keep going on the villains here. Um, Tanti Lawson says, I'm a fountain of useless info. Let me know when you need a cup. (laughs) This whole show is just based on useless info. Like, we can't, you know, like like, Trump is nominating, like, oil guys to be his secretary of state. There's, like, all kinds of, like, crazy—Russia's hacking us. Like, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. This will not fix any of that. (laughs) This will be a diversion— this is like just a happy, happy diversion. All right, so when we come back, I want to hear your thoughts. Um, if we cut out of one of the feeds on the Facebook or the Periscope, we will be right back. Don't you worry. gonna we'll be doing a little engineering wizardry here, and I'm going to see what I can do about getting, uh, getting that going. But uh, when we come back, best superhero movie performances.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.
0: Welcome back. Secrets of the Sire. Again, this that's what makes live radio just the best, right? Because because anything can happen. Anything can go wrong. Apple can create a brand new uh, system for showing for, and, and say, you know, we don't need headphone jacks. And the worst thing is I know that they didn't need headphone jacks. And I have the adapter. But I don't have it with me, so uh, I apologize for the uh, technical difficulties, but we're going to get the Periscope feed back online soon. You can always listen to us at TalkingAlternative.com, so you don't necessarily need to hear us on the video or the live stream. Um, it sucks, though, because I had that nice new camera and a nice new phone and all that fun stuff, but we're talking superhero, um, best superhero performances. Um, and that's, that's really what we're going to do. We also, we, look, we have a great guest coming up next too. We have, um, you know, we have Warren Simons, um, coming up from Valiant Comics. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, you know, he is the editor-in-chief, so he's going to talk to us about, Exo uh, Manowar. We're going he's going to talk to us about, you know, all the great, um, New stuff that Valiant's got going, and I got to tell you, Valiant is a really progressive company. I really love, I really like smart companies. Um, I I really like um, companies that are not afraid to, uh, you know, kind of kind of do things a little bit different. I I I really like that kind of stuff, and uh, to me, it's um, you know, Valiant Comics is is that kind of comic, is that kind of company? Like they're just, you know. They have these classic characters, they have these classic, um, you know, lines. And again, we're talking talking Valiant Comics. Welcome back to anybody who uh, saw us in the Facebook feed. We are now live again on Facebook, which is great. Um, glad to have you here. Secrets of the Sire talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. Um, Valiant Comics is a very progressive Company and they're always thinking outside the box. They're thinking of different things to do. They're thinking of introducing characters, taking characters we all know and love, but then also kind of, kind of, doing it in a way that is different. And so for that, I got, I just got to commend them. I think that I think that they're a tremendous, um, you know, brand. Really, I mean, they're just a tremendous brand. So it's going to be really exciting to do that and have them on here. So. Um, So, yeah, Warren Simons, Valiant Comics coming up uh, shortly. But we were talking best superhero movie performances. Now, that, I guess, could... So, Dan T. Lawson, before we lost him on Periscope, we're going to get Periscope back right now. Um, He had an interesting take, too. He said Charlie Cox from Daredevil. I mean, look, all those Netflix shows are just tremendous. Like, they're tremendous uh, acting, the tremendous performances, like... Everything about it is. There's no question about it. They, they really are. But if we're going to stick to movie performances, we we definitely look. We um, we acknowledge that there is, without a doubt, Deadpool. Look, Deadpool earned uh, their Golden Globe nomination. There, it, it did. I, I, you know, it did. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Uh, it's a conceding. Point that I have here, like I am definitely conceding that they that they earned it, and it's tough. Uh, welcome back to Periscope, anybody who's catching us there. Hey, we got Fika Leone joined. All right, we're back with Fika Leone. We love that guy. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's very tough to. It's tough to um, dispute that de- that Deadpool, you know, earned its. No, it's I can't even say it. It's like saying President Trump. It just doesn't <laughs> fit, right? Like there's just some Deadpool, Golden Globe. All right. Anyway, best superhero movie performances. We 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 got to give Ryan Reynolds his props. We will Heath Ledger's Joker is is by far the best uh, superhero movie performance, like without a doubt, right? Like I don't think there's any arguing that. Um, uh, we have at Ritmo two four oh seven radio just joined us as well too. Um, we are looking at I think Ben Affleck. As, as Bruce Wayne, one of the best uh, superhero performances ever. I mean, I think, without a doubt, he made that... Hello. Um, he made that film. I think that's one of the best superhero performances ever. Uh, we're talking on the eve of Deadpool getting a Golden Globe. Uh, Batman, definitely, I think. There's no question about it. Loki, Tom Hiddleston. I think Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm actually uh, upset that Sam didn't make it here. Yeah. Um, tonight because he's sick, but uh, he, I think, definitely, um, you know, he's definitely earned it. I think he earned it. Like, if Benedict Cumberbatch got a Golden Globe for Doctor Strange, I'd be like, yeah, I totally get it. Like, that's cool. Like, that makes sense to me. Um, I I just, you know, Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds, too. I don't don't mean to hate on him. I really don't. I don't mean to hate on him, and I'm not trying to hate on him, and I'm not trying to make up for the fact that I thought the movie was going to bomb. Like, I'm really not it just it's it's just crazy it just it's just crazy like it 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 i don't know it doesn't make any sense fike leon's taking all the credit for the show by the way now he says we've been doing this for a while we wouldn't be here without fans like you i mean it's very true um, see, he, he's owning it now, which is very good. girl 878 welcome back again, too. Apologies on the technical difficulties tonight. All right. You know, we definitely have... See, now, Fickeleone's actually just taking control on Periscope. So if you want to Periscope us, go to at Michael underscore Dolce. That's my Twitter handle. Um, these things are all about being posted um, live. We're actually streaming on Facebook as well, too. Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Um, you get us live here every week at TalkingAlternative.com. The call in number is 877 480 Talking best superhero movie performances Coming up next though We have a tremendous guest um, Which I'm sure he'll be on at any minute now (laughs) Except not it's going to be me talking And that'll be actually just kind of uh, Extremely funny Um, Because I am a very funny Very very funny individual But um, yeah when we come back We got Warren Simons coming from Valiant Comics So uh, yeah We'll be back We'll be back shortly You're listening to the Talking
1: Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy and culture, Then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself?
0: then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between.
1: So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24
2: hours a day.
0: Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, talking movies, comics, TV, pop culture, right here on TalkingAlternative.com. For all the Periscope peeps, I do apologize. We're not going to have the actual radio feed going into the speaker like we normally do. But all the Facebook folks, if you go to Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, uh, all you get is my wonderful mug with the wonderful facial hair I have tonight, but uh, you do get to listen to the live stream, and we have an incredible guest on tonight. I'm very excited to have uh, this gentleman on, uh, because I'm a big fan of the universe, I've been a big fan of the universe for a while, so I want to welcome Warren Simons, editor-in-chief of Valiant Comics, to the show. How's it going, Warren?
3: Good, buddy. How are you?
0: Very, very good. It's been one of those nights, just all the technical difficulties that could go wrong, and yet, here we are, and everything is going wonderful, so I couldn't be happier at this point to... To, to power through. Um, so great to have you on the well, show. Well,
3: that's what makes it fun, right? Uh,
0: it's live radio. That's the best part, right? I mean, this ends up getting turned into a podcast later on, but uh, the live—the live—is always the best part. Um, so, I'm a big fan of the Valiant Universe. I just—I'm curious, how did you first get involved with Dinesh and uh, and with Fred and and all the folks over at Valiant?
3: Um, when I was. I left Marvel, I worked as an editor of Marvel from 2002 to 2009, uh, and I believe that uh, the gentleman who that valiant had hired uh, one of the guys who worked in the office, uh, I believe as a receptionist, uh, was, was believe it or not, a big fan of some of the books that I'd worked on. I think he, he read Iron Fist and Daredevil mm-hmm. and Thor and a couple of the other books that, uh, that I'd worked on when I was uh, working on Marvel. Uh, and as Dinesh and his partner at the time, a guy named Jason Kotari and Fred Pierce, were ramping up to, to begin expanding the universe, to begin publishing, uh, they needed an editor. Uh, they needed someone to come in and, and basically uh, help shape the universe, help guide the universe, uh, help improve talent, help break the stories, that kind of stuff, everything that an editor does. Uh, and I guess they spoke with a couple of people, and I wanted to come in and talk with them and, and talk with Fred and Jason. Uh, uh, and and the rest is sort of history. Uh, uh, you know, we hit it off. Uh, it's, it's a great group over there. Uh, uh, I can't speak highly enough about Fred Pierce, who's our publisher, mm-hmm. uh, and and Dinesh, of course, chief creative officer and CEO. Uh, and 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 uh, that was, I think, in two thousand eleven or two thousand ten. And then two thousand twelve, uh, we started publishing, uh, and and that's sort of how how I got introduced. to
0: that's awesome. Um, so, what was like the overall plan when you were coming in? Like, because uh, I mean, the Valiant Universe is actually pretty well mapped out. Like, it's it's definitely a cohesive universe. Uh, so, like, how you know, what was the overall plan coming in? And 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 how, did you guys kind of like achieve what you were looking to do?
3: Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'd say that what we tried to do is just sort of. Uh, build things one step at a time. Not worry about trying to build an entire fiction universe in, in one month, but just sort of come in and take a look at Expo Man of War. Take a look at you know, we were very lucky to have a hang on one second, I'm getting a pretty bad echo. Let me switch to my phone and see if that helps, okay? Oh. Okay. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, absolutely. All right. Um, I'd say that what we wanted to try to do is uh, just take it one step at a time, begin to drill down on the characters. As I was noting, we were very lucky to be in a position where we were inheriting some characters. Some of the best creators in the history of the medium had worked on. Joe Quesada, Jim Shooter, Bob Layton, Barry Windsor Smith, David Lapham. So there was a really great amount of stuff that we had to work with. So we really just tried to drill down and figure out who these characters were. Mm Mm-hmm. What was the thing that made them so special in the first place? What was the thing that, you know, at one point in time, Brian I think, had 20% market share, which is crazy if you think about it right yeah. now. But I think they were neck and neck with Image in D.C. for a while. Yep. So th- there was something that resonated uh, with their characters in the public, and the question was trying to figure out what was that thing? You know, what makes Spider-Man tick? What makes Batman tick? You know, these things are... Innately understood at this point in time, but, you know, trying to figure out what made Exo War tick, what makes Harbinger tick. That's really where we began. And then we began casting for, for writers and artists, updating the costumes, updating the character design.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Modernizing things while still staying true to the, to the great stuff that we inherited. And uh, that was sort of the uh, the genesis of it.
0: So... I'm a big exo Manowar fan. Huge. That, I was a big-time fan back in uh, in the 90s. Then, um, you know, Robert Venditti's take was a little bit different, though. I mean, it actually kind of started out kind of parallel, um, and then it kind of shot off, and he became more of like a family man versus like the millionaire playboy in the 90s. Um, yeah. You know, which I actually liked. I liked the idea of like, hey, I'm like a fish out of water, so let me rule the world kind of thing. Um, what did you think about his take, and, 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 you know, was it a conscious decision to, like, divert from that original... Um, take
3: yeah i think the thing that we tried to stay true to with eric was was you know rob's pitch i think was the first pitch that i got uh i met with rob in san diego in 2010 or 2011 i forget and he was we discussed exo i sent him a bunch of different stuff to read and uh we we talked expo and the thing with expo is that his origin is really a key part of his characters he's mm-hmm. a guy who's a physical warrior he gets essentially affected by aliens and escapes by inheriting the most powerful suit of armor in the universe—a a, a weapon that's worshipped by this culture. So, what we wanted to try to do there was really extrapolate why the vine wanted. I think that's really one of the great things that Rob came up with: uh, uh, is that the vine worshipped these suits, as, uh, a religious artifact, uh, and and what that meant to their culture, yeah. especially if a human bonds with it. So. Uh, with the early 90s stuff, you know, obviously that stuff is beloved and great. The, the Joe Quesada section uh, in, I forgot which issue it is, uh, the Zero Issue or the Annual, I don't remember.
2: Yeah.
3: But uh, that eight-page sequence that Joe drew where we see Eric's parents die at the hands of the Romans mm-hmm. is, you know, gorgeous, stunning, stunning stuff. Uh, um, so, you know, I think what we want to try to do is drill down stage streets to that character, and Rob put together a 50-issue arc where we essentially saw the character go from being a brash, young, hot-headed soldier to being someone that had to learn how to act with some level of judgment. He couldn't just rush into battle like he did in XO one Right. Which resulted in, you know, massive casualties for his, right. his, his, his soldiers for the Visigoths, which is a wonderful thing about Valiant, is that not all our guys with a, a granite chin sort of make the right moves. Uh, right. these are, you know, three dimensional characters who make mistakes. And, you know, Eric was mistakes from when we first met him. Uh, so I think that we saw Eric evolve over the course of 50 issues from a soldier to uh, uh, essentially a guy who had to be a king. You know, he had his visit of people had to be able to protect them, take care of them. He can't just be a guy in a field with a sword. Yeah. And, and, uh, the the dichotomy of, of a lot of what Rob built into this is the idea that you know the, the Visigoths were on the run because you know Rob's got a great line there at some point in time. We talked about the Romans having steel and and, and uh, uh, high tower high high walls and the technological advantage they had and then suddenly he's possessed with this superpowered suit of armor so I think that those are the kind of components that we tried to stay true to
0: so you have a I mean you have a big relaunch now coming uh, in Yes. March 2017, so talk to me about that now. I mean, he's basically missing now at the end of uh, Exo War 50, and, uh, you know, so talk to us about that, and talk to us about, like, you know, uh, the big stuff you have planned for him next year.
3: Right, so when we open, we meet him in the Exo Man War Number 1, which we're going to launch in March 2017, we see Eric, and he's essentially a farmer, and he doesn't have the armor.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And and what we discover is that this armor has essentially been a plague for him. As powerful as it is, wherever it goes it reaps it, it reaps uh, uh destruction, death, and discord. And Eric's sort of exhausted by it. And and what we do is we unfold and we open on an alien planet and Eric's living with someone who we've never met before. And the 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 drums of war find him and he's forced to make a decision and, and that's where we open up. It's written by Matt Kent. Mm-hmm. Matt he's written a bunch of stuff for us Italian, Including Ninjak and Rai in 4001 Terrific writer and You know uh, uh, Co-created uh, uh, Divinity Along with Trevor okay. Uh You know he's a real beast So we're real excited for what we have coming And Tomas Girel I don't know if you're familiar with who he is But uh, his pages are among the most beautiful art that, that we'll produce That we ever have produced So I'm pretty excited for this I think it's going to be a real uh, Absolute beast, beast of a comic we're going to watch him move from being a soldier uh, to ultimately being a general, and then I don't want to spoil too much uh, uh, an emperor, and, and then we'll go from there. So Matt's got a year-long art planned out. We've got Dougie Braithwaite and Clayton Crane and Nico Soyan and Ryan Bodenham on board on art. So I think we've got a pretty killer lineup coming up, and Matt's put together a pretty uh, uh, heavy action, uh, action-packed uh, couple of uh, Arcs. Uh, so I'm pretty excited for what we have.
0: You know, you know it's funny you mentioned the art teams. Uh, that's something I'm, I've been so impressed with since the relaunch. I think Valiant, you guys have like a stable of just, I mean, tremendous artists. And to contrast that to the 90s when art was always like the struggle, I think, for Valiant, you know, it was, I mean, it was good storytelling, but it really wasn't very like gorgeous artwork. Now you kind of have a bit of both now. I mean, how are you managing to get, you know, this, this new, you know, new talent and older talent, you know, together? It's, it's really been beautiful.
3: Yeah, we're we're really lucky. We've got a great cast of artists. Um, I think part of it is that we try to let our creators create. Uh, we're not bringing them in and sort of dictating them, them what they have to do. Uh, we're trying to build a really uh, creator-driven environment. And that's not to say that we have our hands off the steering wheel or anything. Any of our writers or artists will tell you that we keep a real close eye on and stuff. And mm-hmm. We edit things pretty hard and get a great group of editors up there. But we have an enormous amount of respect for what they do. I mean, this is extremely difficult. You know, the guys are producing 22 pages of art essentially every yeah. 28 days. Uh, they they work like dogs. Uh, they're incredibly proud of, of the work that they're doing. Uh, and we have an enormous amount of respect for them. So we're trying to build uh a, a, a environment where there's a good uh, mutual uh, respect and collaboration between the creators and the artists and I think that we've done
0: it. And how does how do you find it working? Like, so you have Divinity Three coming out, the Stalinverse. That seems to be like an Age of Apocalypse kind of thing that you you guys are going to do. Um, and then you have your big plans for Harbinger next year and into 2018. You know, how, do, do you ever so, like Marvel would tend to say like, well, forget continuity, we don't care about it. Just come in and write your write 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 your write your script, whatever whatever it is, and then you can leave. Uh, but you guys seem to have a plan. So how do the writers? you know, how do you approach the writers with that to say, like, hey, we have this plan, but we also want you to create at the same time?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I guess that's the uh, that's the tricky road to walk. You know, hopefully you're working with really good collaborators. I think the part of it is on the front end, seeing if you'll be able to work with people who will work back with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinditti's extraordinary that way. Kent is amazing. Jeff Lemire's wonderful. Jody House has been a dream. Uh, uh, Rafa Roberts has been fantastic. So, Everyone just wants to put the best product out there. It's not about territory. Sure. It's not about uh, uh, staking a claim that this is mine. You can share it, and you know it's it's a lot of it's because a lot of the writers that we brought in have sort of uh, uh, haven't been like superstars.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, that's changed a little bit now. Yeah. But okay.
0: there, it, it's a good crew, man. Venditti's That's writing really like key. half the DC universe now. <laughs> Who is? Uh, Robert Venditti. He's writing like, yeah. you know, he's writing half the DC universe now. So you guys made it.
3: He, he deserves it, man. Rob's, uh, he's, he's the best. Dude. He's just a world-class good guy. Uh, super talented writer. Fantastic collaborator. Uh, if you ever see him at a con, walk up to him, they will talk 20 minutes about Green <laughs> Lantern and stuff. Just a real sweet guy, man.
0: So, so talk to us about Divinity um, Three. It, it's got a cool concept. It's the Stalinverse. Uh, some might think that it's kind of parallel to what's going on in politics today, but we, we're not a political show, so we won't go too. It's far. kind of
3: fascinating how that worked out, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, talk to us about that uh, about that comic. All
3: right. So, Divinity is a character, and basically, what we discover in the in the first series is that. While well, the Americans were targeting the moon during the space race, the, the Russians were targeting the edge of the galaxy. And they got there. And when they got there, they encountered an intelligence that imbued some of the cosmonauts and superpowers. Divinity 3 opens, and we discover that uh, some of these superpowered cosmonauts have returned. Uh, but America lost the Cold War. Uh, the Russians are victorious. The United States is fractured. Uh, it is not a sole superpower. The sh- Soviet Union is a sole superpower. Uh, and only Ninjak remembers this. Only Ninjak understands that something's gone wrong. Okay. So he embarks on a investigation, basically, just to figure out what's, going to ha- what's happened. And that's where our story begins. And that's that's where we open. And uh, Matt Kintz writing in Trevor Harrison, who's uh, one of the best storytellers in the medium, uh, an absolute brilliant artist, is drawing it for us. Uh, and the uh, we, have, we have four one shots coming out that accompany psalm uh, uh, verse and the first one is by Jeff Samir and Clayton Crane uh, and I will feature bloodshot uh, in our universe uh, this is in continuity this still is our universe it's sort of uh, taking place uh, uh, as Matt describes in the first issue sort of like a dream where they're trying to remember that something's happening but they can't figure it out yeah, But uh, the first one's by Clayton and Jeff, and, you know, Jeff's done an ab- absolute masterful job on Bloodshot Reborn. Uh, he's a phenomenal talent and really just such an extraordinarily good guy to work with. Uh, just the kind of guy that will send you a, a two-page word doc that has, you know, 30 amazing ideas in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it seems like he generates it over a weekend. So he's just a super talented cat. Really fantastic writer. Awesome. Uh, and, and with the first one, with the first issue, which will accompany uh, vs. Divinity 3, number one, he's just turned Bloodshot into an absolute, relentless Terminator-esque wrecking ball. And it's a lot of fun. Clayton Crane, who's the fantastic digital artist, is painting it. So we're pretty excited about this.
0: Very, very cool. What's going on with the movie stuff?
3: Ah, uh, you... you I've got, a, uh, I've got a Jack Kirby firewall in front of me, dude, so <laughs> I'm just focusing on uh, publishing. I mean, uh, I'm aware of the movie stuff and certainly uh, uh, seeing it and reading it and discussing it with the guys, but for me, it's all about publishing right now. Um, that's where my heart is. So we've got a lot of different movie stuff in development. We have a five-picture deal with Sony that was announced a couple years ago, yep. which is... Uh, featuring Harbinger Wars, which will lead towards Harbinger Wars, starting with Harbinger or starting with Bloodshot and Harbinger uh, and and then leading towards a Harbinger Wars franchise. So there's a lot of good stuff happening there, but I'm just sort of trying to keep my nose down and focus on Britannia Divinity and Bloodshot and and sort of let that stuff move along as it moves.
0: Well, I guess here's a a good follow-up question and it relates to the publishing. I mean, we know that and obviously, look, Valiant and Marvel—they're not the same, you know, thing. But we know that Marvel kind of lets the movies—I think—dictate where the publishing is going. Uh, are you at all concerned that, you know, if you have a feature film coming out, that it's going to start dictating where you can go and what you can do now?
3: No, not at all. I'm not worried about that at all. I think, you know, having worked at Marvel for so long, I think that that's probably a little blown out of compar- a little blown out of. Uh, I don't know, maybe when I was there it was a different time from mm-hmm. 2002 to 2009. But we generated stuff internally there and it came out and went into the movies as opposed to the movies coming into the comics. But um, I think, I think it's a good, I'm not worried about that. You know, Dinesh is, he's smart, man. He's He's got a, he's got a good head on his shoulders. The timeline on the movie stuff is impossible to predict. Uh, uh, it, it, it's There are a lot of variables there and even if, you know, you see, publishing is sort of the acorn that goes into the ground, and everything grows out of that. Yeah, licensing does, film does, uh, uh, all that stuff does. And I think that it's served us well to date. So mm-hmm. I think for us to Audible, because we have a movie coming out, it would, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, sure. obviously, if you have a hundred eighty million dollar billboard, you don't want to ignore the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's also a good way for for publishing to help grow the comic industry. Sure. And in some ways support retailers and, and sell comics and you know by by being cognizant that someone might walk into the store looking for Guardians of the Galaxy and when that happens you may want to have the number one on the shelf with Rock Raccoon on there or something. Yeah, exactly. Probably smart exactly. sense. But uh I don't think it will overwhelm uh, in any way, shape or form what we're doing in public.
0: So now, are you actually? I, I know you've actually had your hand in, in writing a few books. Do you have any anything that you're actually going to be personally doing the the script on coming out?
3: No, no, no. I'm uh, right now. I'm an editor. Uh, I let my guys write. It's. I think it's a good firewall to have up as well, so that yeah. even if I'm generating an idea that becomes a comic, uh, or or the team is, uh, I, I prefer to keep the the writer is the writer and the editor is the editor. Just so, uh, I think it's also kind of a good thing to do as a practice. You know, you're not taking food out of your free lunches now. Sure. We also only publish, you know, 7 to 11 comics a month. And while that's not that many on the shelves, it's an enormous amount of work behind the scenes. I believe it. Especially, especially because we're launching a bunch of new characters now and again. That requires a lot of time and energy. So, uh, not, not, not for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, no, as, as a freelancer myself and, and, and a creator-owned publisher, it, it's amazing the amount of work that goes in just even doing one. So uh, I, I, can definitely, um, I can definitely relate to, to that statement. Warren, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. I was really excited uh, to, to have you on here because, like I said, I'm a big XO fan, so I'm looking forward to the new, uh, to the new launch. And um, you know what, uh, where do you want to drive fans to, to to check out more?
3: Uh, coming out, let's see, what do we have? Harbinger just launched. I highly recommend that. I think it's great. we have the first issue on the shelves. The second one's coming out soon. Divinity will be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, and our Britannia series just finished off About extraordinary reviews. Those are all great starting places.
0: Awesome. Warren, thank you so much for joining us on Secrets of the Sire.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: All right, when we come back, we're going to hit back. We're going to do a little spinning of the racks. We're going to hit back our list of the best superhero movie performances as well. And uh, we're going get to you, get you at, at all angles
1: SaltingAlternative.com
0: Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture. 8 o'clock Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. We also stream our, our show live on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. want to give another shout-out to our FunFoodFlip.com sponsors. Go check out their game. If you like Apples to Apples, you'll love FunFoodFlip. Food Flip. Um, great interview. Great interview having Warren Simons on. I was really looking forward to that. I'm a big-time fan of that. So welcome back, Espada Premier Stark. Uh, we stream on Periscope, at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, we have our, our resident troll who's usually on. He was on tonight, Fika Leone, which was great. You know, we, we, we love that. We love our our, our our actual fans as well, too. People enjoy it. Dan T. Lawson, Saints Girl 878 Espada Premier Stark. We love Brian Phillips, who joins us every week as well, too, on the Facebook feed. Um, got us through, we, we navigated through the uh, the... ...stress of the technical difficulties... Um, ...which we tend to have a lot of... ...but this, look, this is live radio... It ...gets turned into a podcast and a video afterwards... ...and I'll be doing some video editing tonight... ...it's very exciting <laughs> stuff... ...so we started off the show... ...talking about Deadpool being nominated for a Golden Globe... ...and I just can't... I, ...I mean, I can't believe that... ...I just I can't believe it... ...like Deadpool... ...I mean, it wasn't that good... ...it was it was okay... ...but it, it started us into, into a, a different line of thought... ...which was Best Superhero Movie Performances... Number 1 we definitely have to say is Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's Joker. Look, it won an Oscar and it and it deserved it. I think if anything deserved it it was that. You know, I read an article on um I think it was like Screen Rant and they actually said like Christian Bale should have gotten an, a, a a nod. I don't think so though. I don't think his Batman was that great. I actually think Ben Affleck's Batman was way better. Uh so chime in if you think which Batman performance is best. I, I look We're looking for award-worthy performances. We're not looking for, like, Michael Keaton's Batman might be your favorite, but it's not, you know. Uh, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, that was on that Screen Rant uh, article also. They actually said Michelle Pfeiffer deserved to be up there. Really? Uh, She was, ah, Danny DeVito, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it. They did mention Christopher Reeve's Superman, though, and I think that's a pretty good... um, I think that's award-worthy. I think in the, in the sense of how he portrayed um, you know, this this unbreakable character this 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 Tom Hardy as Bane, Brian Phillips just chimed in. That's a good performance, not great though, but I you know what? I would I'd put it up there. Do you think Loki is better than both of them though? See, I think Loki's I think his portrayal of a god was actually pretty good. I think that was pretty good. Um I like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I think you know he makes that whole series click. Um, the casting of Chris Evans, I didn't like at first, but love him as Captain America. But I wouldn't put him in award, you know, worthy ceremony. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, though, is a name I threw out there before the break, and I think that's, I think that's the name. I think that's really. I think his performance, now his character could have been flushed out a little bit more in Doctor Strange. Uh, they kind of, they kind of rocket back into him being this, this like jerk, this like surgeon, you know, this and that. Um, they don't, they don't fully flesh him out, but his performance was spellbinding. Like, he makes that movie. Um, it's a great movie. It's not just a superhero movie. So I, I I, think Benedict Cumberbatch, you have to kind of give him a nod as well. All right, we do this every week. We're going to go spinning the racks, the latest comic book news, um, you know, comic book related, pop culture related uh, news of the day. Um, first, we're going to start with, and we actually had him on earlier, uh, was the Big Dog Inc. man himself, Tom Hutchison. He posted a Facebook, and he was talking about the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. So, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer kind of came out, right? A little underwhelming, especially considering how good he was in Civil War. Uh, one thing that I noticed, and one thing that I kind of commented on with the, with the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, though, is it looks like they're merging... The Miles Morales and the Peter Parker Spider-Mans into one character, essentially. Because, I mean, if if I didn't know any better, it looked like Miles Morales' best friend, Genki, is now Peter Parker's best friend in high school. And maybe that explains why we have the race swapping of Mary Jane. Uh, which was a big topic we talked about in episode 32, I believe, of our show. Um, which you can always you can actually find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud slash Secrets of the Sire. Go back in time, uh, download our podcast. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, all the podcasting apps as well. Too, we're gonna be on iHeartRadio Radio soon. We're excited about that. Um, but you know, that was a big thing, like casting Zendaya as Mary Jane. You're sitting you're sitting there saying, like, oh my god, they're they're recasting for the sake of diversity. Um, but now maybe they're recasting because they're actually merging the, the storylines together. Uh, uh, for anybody not informed, Miles Morales was the Ultimate Spider-Man. He was in the Ultimate Universe. Obviously, he came over to the regular Marvel Universe when they merged everything in the recent Secret Wars saga. Um, but it looked like—I mean, it looked like a lot of the elements of Ultimate Spider-Man, but not the Peter Parker Ultimate Spider-Man. The Miles Morales Spider-Man is now being merged. Now, does that mean that they just don't feel they can do a Miles Morales Spider-Man? Because, or are they going to now essentially start the movie universe? Um, Maybe they'll introduce a Miles Morales through a Peter Parker universe. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Or maybe they're not even thinking about Miles Morales at all. Maybe they're just basically taking elements of what worked. Um, It's a more diverse Spider-Man series. Well, I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess it is. I mean, there's definitely, yeah, I I mean, I guess you could definitely say it's a more diverse Spider-Man series, so maybe that's what they're trying to appeal to, and so they have Peter Parker at the forefront, but the surrounding cast is now going to be kind of like mixes and matches. I mean, maybe that's the the route they're going with it, Um, but that's the one key takeaway that I got from the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, I could be 100% wrong, but at the same time, I I was 100% wrong about Deadpool, so I mean, I could be 100% wrong about anything, Um, but yeah, it was a little ho-hum. Little ho hum, but it came out. So that's good stuff. Suicide Squad sequel. Yes, the hit movie. Now we know about the Margot uh, Robbie spinoff. She's going to be doing like a Birds of Prey kind of thing. And, you know, that's all well and good. But apparently they're actually doing a full fledged sequel. And I'm trying to, again, use the technical. Wizardry that I possess in my possession. That's my wordsmith at you, you know, coming at you right now. Me, me fail English, that's impossible. <laughs> um, Suicide Se- Squad sequel is in development. Here's my takeaway from that um, it was a success, um, but they had done a complete 180 with the marketing. They did a complete 180 with shooting extra scenes because of Deadpool, because Deadpool did so well. And, the, and and because Batman v Superman did so poorly in the projection sense of the word. Um, but now I'm curious if they're going to actually have, um, you know, they're developing a Gotham City Sirens movie with David Ayer. David Ayer is directing and Margot Robbie. Are they going to let David Ayer make the film that he wanted to? He had a very revealing sentence back in the day when Suicide Squad first kind of hit theaters. And, um He said something to, like, make the movie I wanted to make, and um, I don't think he got a chance to do that. I think Warner Brothers had their hands all over that movie. I think that the fact that they kind of greenlit the movie um, suggests maybe they'll let him make, you know, they'll actually let him make the movie he wants to make this time. Um, You know, Aquaman's coming out. You have Wonder Woman coming out. You have all these good, you know, you have the Ben Affleck Batman coming out. Um, now Sam Leibowitz says The extended version on DVD is pretty good Batman v Superman Wait, of Suicide Squad Okay, I was, that's a good clarity right there too Because we didn't know if it was Suicide Squad Or if it was Batman Because the extended Batman v Superman You know the guy who played General Zod Actually fell asleep during the movie Like he was in the movie And he's like, yeah, I, I'm bored Like, I'm bored So that's that's the extent of, of, of how thrilling and gripping suicide, uh, not uh, Batman v Superman is um, Yeah, so I mean but we'll see. I mean, do you get to make the movie you want to make now? I, I I think there'll be less pressure on it coming out. I think there was a huge amount of pressure. I think there's definitely without a doubt, um, you know, considering the that a six hundred million dollar box office take for Batman V Superman is considered a flop because of how much went into actually marketing it and making it. I mean you're you're looking at a movie that they spent maybe five hundred million dollars to make and market. Um, so only making six hundred and not being a tent pool and tent pool. <laughs> Deadpool tentpole, uh, not being a tentpole, you know definitely has some impact as well too. All right, we're spinning the racks. We're going through the latest comic book, movie, pop culture news. Uh, Westworld stars talk season two mayhem and chaos. Big web, big Westworld fan. Thought it was amazing. the The season finale was amazing. So if you haven't watched Westworld yet, please go and do so. It's an amazing uh, show. Um, but next, next, um, next season, Samurai World. Coming into, coming into place. So the original movie is a Michael Crichton movie. It had Westworld, then it had Medieval World, it had Samurai World. It was all kind of in there, so we got a glimpse of Samurai World. We got a glimpse of all the robots are, are you know, all the androids are now taking over. Very interested to see where they go with it. Um, is it going to suffer? If you caught us last episode, we talked about it. Is it going to suffer the same fate that True Detective did, that Veronica Mars did, that Heroes did, where the season one was so good and season two is just not as good. The one good takeaway, though, and I kind of mentioned it last week, they're being smart about it. They're not coming back next season, uh, next year. They're coming back in two years, like they're taking the extra time to make sure that it's plotted out, to make sure that it's planned out right. I think that, in general, excellent job there. So, all right, I want to thank our guest Warren Simons, Valiant Comics, great guest, great talking uh, to him because again, I love the I love the universe and I love the fans. Thank you to all my uh, streamers out there who braved the, tef- the technical difficulties. Brian Phillips especially, who's supposed to get his executive producer-only stream. Did not get that tonight, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out next week. And we'll bring that, that Consarn adapter next week for my new iPhone 7 that streams the show. If you go to Patreon, MichaelDolce.com, support the show, I could hire a real camera crew. See? See, it's like goals like this. That's why you support the show. We love you. We'll be back next week with our countdown of the best of
2: 2016.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative
2: Network.
3: At www.talkingalternative.com.
1: Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself?
0: then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between
1: so listen to us on the robin Kelly show tuesdays eight to nine o'clock eastern standard time on talkradio.myc are
3: you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness